everyone. We are Rena and Dara, and welcome to Fertility Forward. We are part of the wellness team at RMA of New York, a fertility clinic affiliated with Mount Sinai Hospital in New York City. Our Fertility Forward podcast brings together advice from medical professionals, mental health specialists, wellness experts, and patients, because knowledge is power, and you are your own best advocate. I am so excited to welcome to Fertility Forward today, Christine Britton-Jones, who is the Director of Laboratories Services at RMA of New York. She wears many, many hats here. And for the sake of this episode, we are going to specifically be talking about embryology and her work in the lab. I am so excited to have you on and talk about the question so many patients ask, so many patients go to the internet to try and find answers, but embryo grading and what do the days, what do the letters, what does everything mean? Thank you so much for coming on and helping us break this down. Yes, sure. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to be able to talk about this because I, th- I think it is really interesting because in fact, it is quite nuanced. I think lots of people probably think that embryo grading is kind of black and white. It is or it isn't. But in fact, it's actually quite subjective to start with. We certainly are entering an era where more and more we're using computer algorithms to help us compare between different characteristics of different morphologies that we look at. But it still is very largely subjective. And on, you know, the embryologist, which is a part of why our training is so long. A lot of it really is kind of nuanced and and based on experience. Yeah. So tell us, okay, so people, I think they hear, you know, you can have a day, let's say three, day five, day seven embryo, and then that could have a letter grading. So AA, AB, BC, et cetera. Can you tell us what is the difference between days? And then we'll talk about the letters. Uh Uh-huh. So Usually, and it's sort of maybe might be good to just throw in a quick little historical sort of note. So back and um, when I started, so I started back in the early 90s and the whole field was very new then. And we used to actually transfer, do the embryo transfer on day two, what we would call day two. We expected the embryos to be at two cell or four cell on day two. and it seemed that we really hadn't worked out things in the lab, how to grow embryos any longer. So we kind of, the thought was, the strategy was, let's put them back in the uterus as quickly as we can. And then as we developed and became better in the lab, giving the embryos what they need, keeping the conditions as close as possible to the human body, and in some respects with people that are having trouble getting pregnant on their own, their lab conditions actually may be more optimized than certain people's bodies with different things going on. As that got better, we realized that we can actually look more at the grading at different stages of embryo development. That's where the days come in. So on day two, now very few people would look on day two anymore because it really doesn't give us much prediction as to how, what is the implantation potential or the pregnancy potential of that embryo. We do look on day three. Day three is, it's also almost like a misnomer when we say day three because we actually do the egg retrieval on day zero. Fertilization check starts the embryo growth, the embryo journey. So that's day one is fertilization check, the day after the egg retrieval. 
on day three, we really want to see that embryo. The textbook would tell us eight cells. We know that anywhere from six cells through to even 12 cells is a healthy embryo that's hitting the stages where we expect. And from there, we look at characteristics like are the cells even? Are the cells the same size? Are there any extracellular fragmentation? And so those things would bring us to have a lower grade. We start off by saying, okay, here's grade A. And at that stage on day three, you would only have one letter grade. So day three would be the number of cells, say six cell A. And in fact, we have stopped giving a letter grade on day three. We just give the number of cells. So day three never has the letter grade. So it's just, so you never get a day three AA embryo. It would just be, you have a day three. At day three, you have eight cells, six cells, four cells, something like that. Okay. So it's actually when we're doing blastocyst for days then where you start to get your two letter grades. And the reason for that is that we have two cell types that we're grading, the inner cell mass cells and the trophectoderm cells. The inner cell mass cells are the cells that will eventually become the fetus and hopefully the baby. And the trophectoderm cells are the ones that will become the placenta if the implantation occurs and progresses. And so that's why you've got two letter grades. And the convention is to have what is the expansion of the blastocyst. And the expansion, so a cleavage-shaped embryo, all the cells are nestled next to each other. In a blastocyst, you have the inner cell mass will form tight cell-cell junctions. So it's like a, a ball of cells that's often hard to see the individual cells. And then all around the outside is the trophectoderm cells. And then you'll have a fluid-filled cavity. So that's the blastocele. And the expansion is graded on what is the percentage of the entire space of the embryo that that blastocyl cavity could be taken up of the entire embryo. And so that's where you'll hear like a, a blast one, two, three, four, five, or six. And six is where there's has completely hatched out of the zona pellucida and it's a fully hatched blastocyst. So would that be considered, you know, because people always want to know what's the best. So is a day six better than a day three? So it's, a, it's different. And you could say the fact that it has continued to grow to day six is better because we know that it's kind of like at each stage we're seeing the potential more. So if an embryo, one of the things that we know was is the embryo to stop growing is aneuploidy. So where they don't have two copies of each chromosome, they might have one chromosome that's got three copies or one copy. And if that's the case, we know that that's very likely just stop growing. And so if something has reached a blastocyst, we know that it's got a higher chance to be euploid than if it stopped growing at like the eight cell stage. So in some ways, yes, it's better. But also if you were just comparing that same embryo on day three to what it's like on day six, 
then it's sort of just a different thing rather than being better. Okay, because I know, and I, this is going to be sort of the same question over and over, but it's just because I know what patients ask. Uh, so, you know, if they come to you and they say, well, I have a day three and then I have a day six, you know, which one is better? Which one's a higher statistic of implantation and viable pregnancy? Which one would you choose? Like what would the lab choose if you had a day three or a day six? Yeah, we would probably choose. In fact, we would. We would choose the day six because having grown out those extra days and having continued to grow is kind of proven itself. Whereas that day three, it might have the exact same implantation potential, but we just haven't seen it go through those extra steps yet. Okay. And what about day seven? So day seven, I think, again, if you were comparing it to a day three, a day seven, because we wouldn't freeze the embryo if it wasn't what we can see clearly that there is an inner cell mass there, that there are trifectoderm cells there, the, the parts that's needed for implantation. So we would probably still choose that day seven blastocyst as the embryo to, to transfer first over a day three in like to compare and it's the same patient. Yeah, just that it's proven itself to be able to form a blastocyst. So does that mean unequivocally sort of the longer days it grows, the better it is? So then a day seven would be better than a day six? No. So that's interesting. So what we do, we will freeze blastocysts on day five, six, and seven. We ideally want to see them at a blastocyst stage on day five. And we've found that if we grow them to day six, and when we do our statistics, so we're a very large program. We've got literally hundreds of thousands of embryo transfers where we collect all that data. And so we're looking at really good numbers that show us good trends as to what's happening and how we can predict the pregnancy potential. And we have found that embryos that form a blastocyst on day five and day six, they have very, very similar pregnancy rates, day five and day six. But because we are ideally, so again, if you think about a textbook is telling us they can form a blastocyst on day five, if they don't reach that stage until day seven, we still certainly have quite a lot of healthy babies, healthy pregnancies from day sevens, but it is a lower implantation rate, so lower pregnancy rate with the day seven. So we believe that this could still be a healthy embryo, but it's just, it's slower in reaching that stage of development. Okay. Cause I know day sevens are pretty controversial. Right. Correct. So some labs won't do a day seven and it's one of those things that's tough. I'm a really strong advocate for patient education and also to understand that when you've got a reduced chance of pregnancy it's not zero chance so if you're a patient that that's the embryo didn't reach say day seven we would only do it when we're doing a biopsy because then we actually get the ploidy status so it wasn't able to be biopsied on day six but it grew that little bit more we had enough cells that we could safely take you know three to five cells and get a, a diagnosis on that then we know that that probably has a lower pregnancy potential than an embryo, say, on day six that would have been at the same stage, but it's not zero. So we're finding that it is approximately 30% 
implantation rate per transfer as compared to closer to, you know, the high 60s, but it's not nothing. So, again, that idea of patient education. So I find it hard when I have heard other labs have different philosophies who say we will not, say, transfer in and accept and do a day seven transfer because it's still a chance of a live birth, even though it might be half that chance, but it's sort of not nothing. I guess in some ways that's just sort of different cultures, different philosophies from the labs. Well, I think too, if you're a patient who maybe finances are an issue, maybe you have a very hard time creating embryos, you know, to transfer, to have a day seven to transfer is better than nothing. You know, there's still a chance. Exactly. And while I would say if there's an embryo that stopped growing, so there it is, it's still say eight cells all the way on day five, I am again, like a strong advocate of saying, do not transfer that because what you don't want to have is that wasted time or you're going to continue taking progesterone. And when we know that that embryo essentially is non-viable. So it is one of those things where, yeah, I definitely think that the day sevens, they're worth it. We've got quite a few, you know, healthy babies from it in hundreds from that. And so those, yeah, to kind of say, oh, well, it's, it's a reduced chance. Let's not even bother. That's certainly not my philosophy. Well, I, I mean, I think everyone should be so lucky to work with you because I think that makes so much sense. And I mean, you know, as much as I do, how tough it is. And again, you know, for people where finance is an issue, maybe they can't afford to do more cycles. Maybe they have a hard time creating embryos. You know, I think given the chance, most people would choose a day seven because you have the hope you have something over nothing. Yeah, for sure. So let's, okay. So now I think we have a good understanding of the days. Now let's, can we break down the letter grading a little bit more? So I know you mentioned before, one of the letters is the fetus and one is the placenta. Hopefully we'll keep growing and form those. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Right. Okay. So when you have, okay, so it goes A through C. We actually do go through D. Okay. And D is what we determine is actually like a non-viable grade. So we may not see any cells in either the inner cell mass or the trophectoderm, or there will be very few cells in there looking what we call a tretic. So they're kind of dying, those cells. So that would be a D. So would you not transfer an embryo that had a D grade in? Correct. That's, Even that's if right. it was like a D, you wouldn't transfer? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So you need your embryos to have either an A, B, or C. Yeah. Okay, so if you so say you're getting your results back and you find out you have a day six, which we know is very good now, but it's an AC, should you be devastated by that? Should you be hopeful? What sort of uh-huh. statistic on that? Yes, and I think in a way to, you know, our patients are often, they're successful in life and they're driven. And so they think that a C is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. So while we find that there might be a slight reduction In pregnancy rates with a C grading, that is when it's in the inner cell mass, the trophectoderm has less sway over what we can predict compared to the inner cell mass. And so, in fact, a day six, say four AC is a very strong embryo. So we would be happy to see that. Okay, so, so you should not be devastated if you have a C. That's still okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Cause I know, I mean, as you said, so many of our patients are really, you know, driven, hardworking and used to getting A's or feel A is the standard. Uh-huh. And I know a lot of patients get very upset when they have that C grade, but it doesn't mean that necessarily that you have anything to fear. It's still right. great. Yeah. It's still a strong embryo. So when we have, say, a 4CC, that would be sort of the what we consider the lower grade that we would be vitrifying or freezing. And again, there is a drop in the pregnancy rate, but it is a relatively small reduction. So it's still not something that you would think, oh, I've got no chance. They're not bad embryos. So they've still got enough cells and we certainly still get, you know, thousands of healthy babies from the, say, a 4cc. Do you have any statistics, the rate of success from an A embryo versus a C? We actually do. And I know we've got them published as well. So that's something that one of our doctors, Dr. So Taranay, has Nazem. Uh-huh, Dr. Nazem. And she, I think it was, let's say, three years ago. And it's just, I kind of, the top of my head, I sort of don't want to give out the wrong numbers and I haven't got them with me, but we've certainly published on that. And I know that there is a reduction. It's in the order of like five to 10%. So it's really not dramatic. So that's sort of the important thing to keep in, but they can look on, if you look, perhaps even look up Dr. Nazem Taranay's name, I think that will pull up. Okay. Yeah. If anyone's interested to you, if they want the research, they can just DM us or shoot us an email to, and we'll, we'll get it to them. That would be awesome. Yeah. So anything else very pertinent you think we should share with our listeners about embryos and embryo grading? I think that something that's important to keep in mind too is that when we do a grading of the embryo, we are just taking like a snapshot of the embryo at a certain time in its development. So we haven't seen just say a few minutes before or just a few minutes after that. So It is a dynamic process and we're taking like a static testing or grading of that very dynamic process. And we know that things can change. So one extra day, you can have a grading of say a 4CB and in one extra day, the inner cell mass grows some more cells or the cells compact down together. You can get even an A grade in 24 hours. So I think that's something to really keep in mind too, is that any of the grading It gives us something to go on, but it's not everything. It's not all of the puzzle. And it's something that actually is dynamic and can change too. I think think that's a great point. I love that you shared that. I think that's a super hopeful point too. Yeah, I think we really do get hung up on the grades. And I understand, I really absolutely understand that people want as much information as possible. And there still is so much that we don't know. But it's not everything. It's truly the grading is not all of the puzzle. I love that you said that. I think that will inspire hope in so many people because, you know, with medicine, people want a tangible, right? And an embryo grade is a tangible statistic and it's something to hang on to. And, you know, I see it inspire hope in people and then I see it inspire fear and distress in people. So I think to know that, look, this is a snapshot yeah, one moment in time to really file that away. If you're someone who, you know, maybe just got embryo results back and you're feeling really devastated by them, remember, you know, exactly that. It's just a snapshot. It's a moment in time. Yeah, definitely. 
So anything else, any insight as to, you know, where the technology is going? Obviously, things change so quickly. They do. And we really are moving towards using sort of, I know people love to talk about sort of artificial intelligence, and I don't think we're there, but more like machine learning where we are. And, you know, what's exciting, I think, is that, you know, RMA of New York is we do have a large patient volume. So we're learning things very quickly because we're getting to see so many every week. And so we are looking at using the data. We're very careful to keep accurate records so that we can learn from our own experiences what we can do to keep improving, even if it is getting more accurate with embryo grading or maybe even becoming more robust if we can start using computers to grade maybe more so than the embryologist so that we're getting, if it is more accurate, so that type of thing. So I think that is still moving there because one thing that you'll often hear, and I've certainly said it, and it's true, like it's not all the pieces of the puzzle. It still is one of the most important things that we do have up our sleeve now. We do know certain characteristics of an embryo, probably more at the low end, the Ds, we sort of know that those embryos we know aren't viable. Those are the ones that we know can't produce a baby. Not so much at the high end, it's harder to differentiate for sure. And C-grade embryos are actually considered high end. They're, They're not the low end. They're still a good quality embryo. But yeah, so I think it's in that part where differentiating and maybe it's going to be computers can help us to do that. That is fascinating. I love this field because things change so quickly and everything that's being developed is incredible. It is. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I think that was such a great tutorial of embryos, embryo grading, and I think will be helpful to so many people. So I'm really excited that you came on and shared that. And I learned a lot because I, you know, I love to just brush up on this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again. Yeah. So we like to end the podcast with a note of positivity. So each sharing a gratitude. So something, and it's so pertinent today because we're recording right before Thanksgiving. (laughs) So something that you are grateful for. Oh my goodness. And it's almost like, you know, what to choose. And I have, I would say it is the people that I work with. So yes, it is like the culture of the company itself. I believe that the company is unusual in that we kind of have almost like a old school university kind of culture, but we're lucky in that we are private practice, that we can give our patients sort of the best, the latest and what's going on there. So I love that. I love the embryologists that I work with who come to work each day, excited to do their best. They're kind of each day is a challenge and they work really well together. They have a good time. They work hard. They certainly work hard, but they are striving each time. And, you know, they get excited, like they get um, beautiful embryos and then we find out that that's a baby and it's yes it's like a great success so it's a great culture I love that and I the embryology team is fantastic and I know always always pulling for the success stories so it's such a pleasure to work with you and everyone on the team and you totally took my gratitude because I also was going to say, I'm just grateful for my job, you know, (laughs) reflecting now. I think at time patients, especially have been a little bit more mindful of also kind of giving thanks and which is nice because it's kind of few and far between 
you know, I get that. And so it's always really nice when people remind me that I actually help them and make a difference. And it's just a, such an honor to be able to do that and work at such a fantastic place as RMA with everyone that cares so much about our patients. And so it's just, it's so wonderful to be here. So grateful for that too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. If anyone has questions, comments, et cetera, you know, they know how to find us, reach out to us. And we so appreciate you being on. Yes. Thank you so much. A lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening today. And always remember, practice gratitude, give a little love to someone else and yourself. And remember, you are not alone. Find us on Instagram at fertility underscore forward. And if you're looking for more support, visit us at www.rmany.com and tune in next week for more Fertility Forward.